I'm Russ White at The Network Collective, and this is a Network Collective short take. In this short take, I'll be talking about giving the monkey a smaller club. Wait, what? Monkeys, clubs, what do these have to do with network engineering? Well, think of the monkey as the attacker or an attacker, and think of the club as the set of tools you give the monkey to use against your network. What does this mean? Well, we often think about security as a building a protection wall around a network or a set of devices connected to the network, much like you build a castle wall around a set of buildings or a courtyard or even the castle keep. We also think of security as things like controlling who has access to what in terms of roles or people. We also think of security as using data analytics to find and investigate anomalies to detect exfiltration attacks or viruses or other kinds of attacks. All of these things are security, in fact, but they are defensive actions in the face of an increasingly large attack surface. We are probably not going to win the cybersecurity war, if you want to call it a war, by focusing on building these defensive systems. Why? Let's look at three specific reasons. First, there is the power of emulation versus specialization in processing. Second, the sheer numbers of devices and the size of the network, if we want to call the internet itself the network. And third, the movement of manufacturers from long product development cycles to a more agile stance in the way they build products. The first of these is the power of emulation. This is this part of this short take is based on a presentation given by Thomas Dulian at SciCon 2018. General purpose processors, according to Dulian, are very, very cheap. In fact, they're so cheap that it is easier to emulate a specialized processor on a on a general purpose processor than it is to build a specialized processor to serve a particular purpose. General purpose processors are cheap because they're produced in such large numbers that it's easier to use one to perform any specific thing than it is to design and produce a specialized chip for the job. For instance, why build a special controller for vehicle brakes when you can use a general purpose processor like a small Atom or a Raspberry Pi or something like this that runs software emulating the specialized processor. The specialized controller is likely to need upgrades in the future anyway, which means replacing hardware if you've built that controller for that particular situation. Each of these general purpose processors, however, can be programmed to do just about anything. They're being used in a specialized place in the network or in a device, but they can be programmed to do anything. So each one of these general purpose processors being used for a very special purpose actually represents an attacker's dream. An embedded hardware system in millions of devices that can be programmed to do just about anything, including anything that is outside the original purpose of the device itself. Those brakes, for instance, can be used to DDoS an electric utility company. This by itself is bad enough, but the network of these devices is growing in size and scope. In 2005, there were about 1 billion users on the internet. In 2016, there were about 3.4 billion users on the internet. In 2016, there is an estimated three processors per person connected to the internet or in the world. In, by 2020, some projections say there will be 12 billion or more connected devices. Remember, each one of those connected devices contains a general purpose 
processor. Before talking about the third, what is taking the complexity of a general purpose processor and hiding it behind the simple interface of a single purpose device and emulating a far simpler controller? These are forms of abstraction. What is required to connect billions of devices to a single network? Again, a lot of abstraction. So one of the things we need to understand when we deal with defensive network security and giving the monkey a smaller club is to think about the impact of abstraction at a massive scale in at least two dimensions. Finally, we need to consider the impact of Agile. Agile intentionally moves from a process where things are tested before they are released with the idea they will last many, many years to a process where things are tested in the wild with the idea that the product will be shaped to fit the real world in real time. This means we are moving to a world where things are tested in production more often. The end result, we are dealing with massive levels of abstraction in at least two dimensions on top of incredible amounts of computing power while moving from a test and deploy model towards a deploy and test model all at the same time. And remember that no one can really know much more than their home layer in a system. They know a little bit about the layer above and a little bit about the layer below, and the rest is just rumor and pop psychology. Thus, what we have is a highly complex system with a lot of abstraction. And abstracted systems result in things like the law of unintended consequences. If you have millions of people pushing in random places on any given system that's this complex, someone is going to find out how to break the system, how to misuse the system. So returning to the beginning, we are told to design security into the systems we build from the beginning. Putting security on after we've designed the system is never enough. Security is not a bolt-on. It's got to be built into whatever we build from the ground up. What specific action can we take to do this? Consider this point. Complexity is a security issue. Hiding the complex things that we are building under abstractions helps scale. Hiding the complex things we're building under abstractions also creates the potential for unintended consequences. Hence, there is a direct connection between the complexity we're building, the abstractions we're using to build that complexity, and the attack surfaces we're allowing into the wild, the clubs that we're giving to the monkeys who are trying to attack our networks. In the real world, there is very little we can do about the complexity of the devices we deploy, or the complexity of the software we can deploy, or about the complexity of connecting millions of devices and the necessity of abstraction to make those things work at scale. What we can do, however, is to insist on radical simplicity in our design. To put this another way, intentionally designing for simplicity where we can creates more secure designs. How can you simplify? Don't use features if you don't need them. Be creative rather than throwing another feature at the problem. Be cautious about nerd knobs. Don't use them unless you have to. Watch your layers and your abstractions. Really think about where you're abstracting, what the trade-offs are, and why. Map out your layers in the system. Understand how they interact and understand how information flows through those layers in a very real way. Simplify the layers and simplify your abstractions where possible. Other things you can do are adopt a whitelist posture rather than a blacklist posture. Block everything and then make the permissions to be the exceptions. Ask your vendors and your software folks, how do I remove or disable features I'm not using? 
I want to actually take them out of the software. I want to simplify with the software itself rather than just turning them off or not configuring them. How do I know specifically what services and what things are enabled on this device, whether or not I have things turned on? The bottom line is this. A simpler system is a more secure system. You have to control your attack surfaces, much like you control data flow, user access, and etc. You have to figure out how to give the monkey a smaller club. That's it for this time. Visit us at thenetworkcollective.com for more content that will help you build your cognitive and metacognitive skills as a network engineer. While you're there, check out our membership, which unlocks even more great content, as well as access to an awesome community of network engineers. And remember, you can always find me at rule11.tech. Thanks.